Welcome to Six Tips and Tricks from the TOSA, a bi-weekly podcast meant to give you ideas, techniques, and strategies for the intentional use of technology in the classroom. And now here's my dad, Mike Brella. Welcome back or welcome to Six Tips and Tricks from the TOSA. Uh, this is my podcast that I started last year. It, it took over for the one I had previously, which was Mr. Brill's Musings. And for those of you who are new to this, which is probably many of you, uh, I am Mike Brilla. I'm a teacher on special assignment, kind of like special agent Ocho, I feel like whenever I say that, uh, for the integration of Google Tools and Google for Education. Uh, in the O.N.J. Roberts Middle School, which is about 40 miles west of Philadelphia, if you're listening from outside of the school district or you're unfamiliar with it. Uh, This is my second year in that role. Originally, I was slated to have a one-year assignment and then come back to the classroom. But um, I'm not sure if you've heard, there's this thing called coronavirus and COVID that hit. And as a result, school board and administration believed it was a good idea to keep me in in my position to support teachers this year. Uh, Previously, prior to that, I was a social studies teacher seventh and eighth grade, um, mainly eighth grade for about 14 years. I think this is my 16th year in education. I, I don't remember anymore. I started OJ in 2004. Um, so I taught social studies and uh, was always fascinated with educational technology and was always one of those early adopters. So I figured uh, I'll give this a go. So for those of you who have listened to these previous podcast episodes, I apologize for the long break and the layoff. I got a little crazy and caught up in things. And then I wasn't sure if I was going to continue this one since um, I would be originally until about late July, I was heading back to the classroom and my podcast would probably take on more of a uh, informative role where it's helping people in my classroom. So my parents understood. Um, but I'm back and here we go. We'll try this again. We'll give this a go again. And goal is to have this one of these put out every two weeks. Uh, I think I used to do Wednesdays. My goal now is to try and do it on a Monday instead uh, so that I can have time over the weekend to record. Uh, there's a general format for these things that I do. I have like a just a weekly thought, a little bit about what's inspiring me currently. And then uh, after that, I give you my tips and tricks, things I come across um, from the on, on my browsing in the internet. Usually it's things that um, I will take no credit for creating. Sometimes they are my own ideas. But mostly this is just like a collection of resources for you because if you're like me, you often get overwhelmed and inundated with so many different ideas and, oh man, I'd like to try that. Um, so kind of along the lines of my own version of uh, the Check This Out podcast, if you've ever heard that one. These are just things that I feel like might help you. I think one of the things that uh, I've learned throughout my career, whether it be as an athlete, a coach, or a teacher, is that inspiration is all around. So currently what's inspiring me right now, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's Right now what I'm holding on to is a, uh, a simple smile from, uh, at that time he was a seven-year-old, but now my eight-year-old son. Uh, earlier this summer, my little guy, Gray, was playing in a baseball tournament. Um, and 100% honest, he has been struggling lately with baseball. And he loves baseball. Uh, he always has loved it. And he can't get enough of it. And, Lately, he's turned to YouTube, um, and while we've been on quarantine in this past summer, he's been watching nonstop, endless cycle of YouTube videos, uh, and as a result, like a lot of young kids, has decided that he needs to change his swing so that he can match what he sees on the screen. Uh, so as you can probably imagine, when you have an eight-year-old trying to swing like Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, or other eight-year-olds, 10-year-old phenoms, so-called, that he sees on, on YouTube, it doesn't really work out well. 
Uh, so his new swing cost him a little bit and temporary success on the eighth grade, ba- eight year old baseball field. Now I know what you're thinking. It's not that big of a deal. And we all know that, but to an eight year old, it is his, his, when he can't hit his, his world is rocked. Right. So if you know me, you know that I'm not really concerned about success in sports when it comes to wins, loss, uh, especially at a young age, but it also hurts when your son to watch your son struggle. Um, so as I was watching him kind of struggle and flounder, um, and continually get down on himself and try and talk him up and remind him it's a process, uh, that, you know, he's, it's, they're only his expectations. He's not living up to nobody else's. Um, I I was kind of finding, trying to think of ways to make him a little bit more hopeful. And, you know, one particular game he, he struck out during an inning, um, and he was down on himself. He came out and then the next batter got on and gray was asked to pinch run for the batter. Um, and, and when he went into pinch run, he, he hustled his butt off and he scored a run on a base hit and it helped his team to win. And, and one of the things the coach did a phenomenal job pointing this out, but just, you know, as soon as he crossed the plate and came in, the smile on his face was, was all I needed to see. It was phenomenal. Cause you know, at, at a moment where his own perceived failures at the plate were, were, were nothing to him at that very moment, he was just happy to score. He didn't care about what had happened previously and what was going to happen next he was in that moment and i think it's so cool that this little guy this little eight-year-old could put those frustrations behind so easily move on and just enjoy the game and i feel like if we could all have a little bit of that in us right now right don't worry about what happened last spring don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week worry about now you know, Cal Ripken had this great quote where his, he said his dad gave him one of the greatest pieces of advice that Cal Ripken Sr. gave him was that you can't replay yesterday's game today and you can't play tomorrow's game today. So you might as well focus on the game that you're playing right now. So let's all focus on that game and enjoy what we have right now if possible. All right, enough of the ramblings and the, the the philosophical stuff and time to get down to the meat and potatoes of the meal or the, um, the meat of the sandwich, if you will. And it's the tips and tricks. Um, and I have six of them for this episode. And the first one is, is one of my favorite and it's importing questions from other Google forms. Um, for those of you who know me, you know that Google forms is one of my favorite tools. Um, and I'll be 100% honest. I, at first I was intimidated by forms and the sheet that it per- kicks out, but I absolutely love it. Um, you can gather a massive amounts of information quickly and organize them in a very useful way. Uh, and I think more than ever in this time of remote or hybrid or blended learning, I think it's really important that you can do that is get quick and usable information from your students. So whether you're using them to assess student knowledge, check attendance, or just see how your students are doing, Google Forms are a phenomenal way to gauge your class. Uh, and one thing that you can do that you that is that you haven't been able to do for a long time is you can import questions from one form to another. Right? Sounds simple, but if you're doing things like constantly asking for a last name, a first name, a class period. Um, by simply importing from one to another, you can continually reuse that question. So just like things in Google Classroom, when you are um, trying to save time, you can reuse an assignment. Well, here you go. Now you can reuse questions. So if you're not familiar with how to do that, you can check out my show notes. I have a link to the um, a link to uh, Google's own resources about that, I think. Or no, excuse me, a link to a, a picture uh, from Google's resources that shows you exactly how to do that. So go ahead and give, trying, uh, give it a try and and reuse questions from one form to another.
on to my second tip, and this is kind of a bigger one, uh, and it's not something immediate. It's it's really it's kind of a change in a way you plan things, uh, and it's use if you haven't tried it yet, use Google's Applied Digital Skills. Um, question I often get is, you know, can you show me a cool activity to do with my kids, or give me something cool that that my kids can play with, um, and. and I feel like that might not always be the best approach, right? I can't remember who said it. Uh, I heard it on one of the podcasters where, that I listened to where they talked about uh, technology just amplifies teaching. It makes good teaching good. It makes bad teaching bad. Technology isn't a cure for itself, right? So you've got to think about, you know, what's what's the end? What's the end goal when you're using technology? However, when these people ask me, um, you know, what's a cool tool? It's always with the best intentions in mind. So I try and think about how I can kind of steer them in, in a better direction. And if you listen to Jake Miller and the educational duct tape, you know that technology is at its best when it's used to, to meet a desired outcome or to solve a problem. So rather than simply looking for tools, teachers are better served thinking about the learning goals and objectives. Uh, and this is where Google Applied Digital, Schools com- Digital Skills comes in. Excuse me. Um, Google has a whole host of activities, really lesson plans that you can edit, use on your own, or just deliver to your students to get them to implement and learn how to use Google Google tools in a meaningful way. Um, so the link's in the show notes. If you've never done it, just check it out. Or if, if you need to, you can simply just type in your Google search bar, Google Applied Digital Skills, and it'll take you there. You'll sign up, you just, and you can see a whole host of lessons you might be able to use. Tip number three is all about a Google update, um, and it's a an extension. Uh, I love using Google Slides for the versatility, and then adding videos gives you the ability to clearly explain yourself and connect with your viewers. So there's a Chrome extension called Record to Slides that you should try. I have the link in my show notes, um, and it easily it allows you to easily combine slides and recording a video into one step. Uh, the Record to Slides Chrome extension allows you to add simple videos, simple and quick videos directly to your Google Slides without leaving the tab. So it's simply something you, you need to try. So check it out. The link's on my show notes, and it's called Record to Slide. Tip number four is another Chrome extension. It's um, last spring, my assistant principal uh, brought something up to me and this extension and she said hey you you should probably check this thing out called moat and and i played around with it and for some reason i don't know what it was in the spring i just i wasn't a huge fan uh but then recently i was listening to a cult of pedagogy podcast and um jennifer gonzalez and her guest i I can't remember the guy's name they're talking about creating moments of genuine connection uh and they cited this study in 2007 that researchers found that that students that were engaged in asynchronous online learning, right? Like what we're doing right now are much more likely to respond to feedback given an audio format as compared to text-based format. And, and the, the, the researchers went on to talk about how, as we all know, audio feedback was found to increase student uh, retention to the content and connection with the instructor. And, you know, that's exactly what we want to do, connect with our kids and have them connect with the content. So in short, using audio feedback works. And this extension is called Moat, M-O-T-E, and it's a Chrome extension. You can find it by just Googling Moat Chrome extension, or you can click on my show notes and check it out there. Um, Using Moat, you can add audio comments to things like Google Docs, Google Slides, Google Classroom. Phenomenal way to add a comment to Google Classroom. Uh, You simply use the extension and record and 
put your comment right in there. Um, it's a phenomenal way to connect with your students. So check it out. Moat, M-O-T-E, Google Chrome extension. The fifth tip is about a podcast. It's a podcast recommendation. In each episode or each every two weeks, I'd like to recommend either a series or a specific episode for a podcast. And this one is one that I've talked about before. It's the House of EdTech. And this this week is especially, I'd like you to take a listen to episode 162. Uh, in his latest episode of the House of EdTech, Chris Nessie, the host, provides teachers with eight simple tips for teaching online. And, and it might sound intimidating, the House of EdTech, for those of you who are to, aren't totally comfortable with using technology, but I promise you, the tips Chris gives are, are simple and highly effective. Uh, if you're a listener to the House of EdTech, you know Chris often says, using technology isn't hard, just give it a try. And he makes it as simple as possible with these eight tips. Uh, so give it a listen. It'll help you feel a little bit more comfortable as we venture into this online learning and teaching this fall. All right, and finally, on to my last tip, um, and this is the video recommendation of the weekend. Uh, one of the uh, unforeseen positive consequences of the extended stay at home this spring was a little more time to relax and sometimes do nothing. Um, and as our time in the spring progressed, I noticed my wife, uh, who generally spends a great deal of her time accomplishing tasks and getting things done, was watching more videos and laughing hysterically. The videos always seemed to be by the same group of people, a group called the Holderness Family. And whether making songs about quarantine life or Hamilton-themed parodies, the Holderness family videos kept us quite entertained throughout the spring and the summer. And uh, the video I'm recommending this time combines the Holderness family with a guilty pleasure of mine, uh, Yacht Rock. So there's a link to, to it on, on my show notes, or you can just go to YouTube and look for the Holderness family. And the title is If Yacht Rock Songs Were About 2020. Phenomenal video and be ready to laugh. So that's it. If you made it this far, you've listened to the entire episode and thank you. I hope you uh, enjoyed it and taken some value out of it, whether it's my ramblings, my meanderings and my, my thoughts and opinions, or even just one specific tip or idea. Uh, if you have, if you've gotten anything out of this podcast, whether it's a question, whether it's an idea, whether it's a thought, um, I would really appreciate hearing from you. Um, sometimes I feel like uh, when I do these things, what's that? The Pink Floyd song. Uh, comfortably numb where it starts with hello is there anybody out there because um, <laughs> it's a weird feeling if you've never done something like this where you kind of just put your own ideas out into the ether and you record yourself and you hope somebody takes something out of it um, even if it's the entertainment of laughing at me <laughs> because I don't pretend to be so important that I can't be laughed at so hopefully you've enjoyed this and found something out of it um, you can reach out to me uh, through email uh, or Voxer. Um, Twitter is probably the best way at Mr. That's just MR underscore Brilla uh, on Twitter. And just let me know if you have any questions or any ideas or anything else you'd like to share. Thanks for listening and have a great couple weeks here. Thanks for listening to the to the episode and until next time remember don't be afraid try something new